Welcome to 20% Time, a podcast that takes you behind the scenes of Titan, a web consultancy based out of Chicago, but entirely remote and spread out really at this point all over the place. We specialize in Laravel, a PHP framework, which we're often pairing with any number of JavaScript frameworks, libraries, and all sorts of tools. Uh, I'm your host, Dave Hicking, and this week I'm joined by Andrew Morgan, a lead programmer here at Titan. How's it going, Andrew? It's good, Dave. How about you? I'm doing good. This is your this is your second appearance on the show. It's a very elite club. Um, there's only so many folks who are uh, who've been on the show multiple times. So I'm glad to have you here. Yeah, thanks, Dave. Great to be back on. So in the intro, I was you know I was quickly saying you know we specialize in Laravel. We do some JavaScript stuff. We're not talking about any of that today, but we are talking about something that is near and dear to your heart, and that is training your keyboard, right? That's right. Okay. So there's a website that I want to ask about at some point, maybe towards the end, but we have a, lo- a little ways to go before we get there. So let's like start all the way at square one. What is training your key? Like why, why do I need, or why does a dev or whoever your target audience is like, why would somebody need to train their keyboard? What's the, you know, to use one of my favorite phrases, what, what problem does train your training your keyboard solve? Sure. That's a, that's a good question. Um, yeah. So for training your keyboard, um, it's it's a fancy way of talking about keyboard shortcuts. Okay. And uh, so I'm, I'll am i assume that if you're listening to this podcast, you probably would agree that a keyboard shortcut is faster and more efficient to um, than using the UI. So just like the simplest example would be just uh, on a Mac, uh, using Command S to save a file. Um, that it, that's probably uh, you know it's right up there with copy and paste, uh, yeah. one of the first keyboard shortcuts that most people learn. And it, you know that's much faster than clicking on the file uh, menu and then clicking save. Um, so that Command S shortcut is. It's a pretty universal uh, on Mac computers. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it's if you're writing an app that saves things, like you're probably going to program that shortcut into your app. I, I would I, hope so. <laughs> right. Yeah. So if you, you know, if, if someone were writing a text editor and the the shortcut to save something was like Command Shift Option B. Uh, like no one would yeah. use that. <laughs> um, so the problem is, like once you get away from those like universal functionalities, like right. save, copy, and paste, uh, app developers tend to um, kind of bring their own opinions to the table with what they think is intuitive for a keyboard shortcut, and it, you know. We don't always agree with what app developers think is intuitive, and they don't always agree with each other. And And there's no standard. There's not like some sort of ISO (laughs) keyboard shortcut standard. Not, not that I know of. That you know, sometimes you'll you'll see some similarities uh, across apps, but um, but certainly not a standard. And uh, some apps. You you can uh, the, the the app will expose a way of overriding the shortcut uh, in the app itself, like in the settings, and that's awesome when an app does that. Uh, but not all apps do that. There are other apps that um, will. It, it is 
pretty common to have the shortcut uh, in the in the menu uh, in one of the menu items. And if it if the app exposes it there, you can uh, you can override it like in the system level, which is you know a little clunky to do, but at least it's available to do. Then some apps have keyboard shortcuts that are built into the app, but you literally can't override it at all. They just don't expose that functionality mm. to override it. And, and that's where this idea of uh, train your keyboard comes into play because those apps that, uh, that just demand that you use their keyboard shortcut like they're basically asking that you retrain your own muscle memory. Um, but instead of retraining your muscle memory, what we'd rather do is you know, train our, our keyboard or our computer uh, to, uh, to respond to the keyboard shortcuts that we want to use. So I'll give an example. Yeah. Um, let's go beyond this um, command S save example. So my first point of contention uh, with this this type of um, you know differing keyboard shortcuts yeah. uh, came when I learned about the the slack quick open palette. Mm. So even I, I use long, that. Yeah, yeah. That's pretty <laughs> you probably know about it if you use Slack. Yeah. You you open it with uh, command K and uh, so I, I'm a, a longtime Sublime text user, and the the first and, and Sublime was really the, the first app that I encountered a a quick open palette uh, affordance like that. Um, you know, just something that like at a global level within the app, you you can open and kind of um, like search for whatever you want to do, whatever you want to open, and you can type that and hit enter, and it will open that thing. Um, so for slot or for Sublime, that quick open palette can be triggered with Command P. And so I had years of Command P <laughs> baked into my muscle memory over and over again. Right, and and then I learned about. Slack's quick open palette, and thought, oh, this is great! I've got another app that like it feels like the same type of interaction. Yeah, but it's Command K, and I seems like an easy uh, shortcut to memorize, but like I could not, um, I, I couldn't get my muscle memory to to switch over to just using this different shortcut. I wanted to use Command P for that Slack quick open palette. Um, the, the problem is, at least at the time, uh, Slack has since updated this, but at the time, Slack fell into the category of apps that had no way to override it. It was not exposed in the settings and it wasn't even in the menu. It, it's mm -hmm. now in the Go menu, so you can override it at the system level, still can't override it at the settings level. So I basically uh, set out on this journey to have some type of system uh, where I could, could type the command P that I wanted to type and have it 
like translate to get translated into a command K that Slack expected. So I could just keep using the shortcut that I wanted to use and um, you know, not use Slack's shortcut. Yeah. And, and that's really, that brought me on this, <laughs> this journey of, of, uh, that I eventually started calling train your keyboard. Um, that's why we're here today. So I'm assuming, you know, this is 2021. We have the miracles of, of modern technology. This keyboard training is going to be just like a, you know, download one app, maybe some checkboxes and, you know, I've got my keyboard trained, but well, actually I, I take that back. I'm guessing it's probably not that simple, but I'm, uh, what, what does it actually take to get your keyboard trained? What does that entail? That's a good question. It, it's not as it's not as easy as yeah. uh, I would like for it to be, okay. but um, it's there. There are a number of tools uh, to to install with it. Uh, the The first is uh, well. So there there are there are two primary tools, and then there's also a companion tool. Uh, so the the first is a tool called Carabiner Elements. Yep. So uh, it's a lot of people are probably familiar with it. It's, it's a tool that uh, allows for key remapping, um, like at the at the system level, and it it has uh, a config file that is defined in JSON format. And now there's a companion tool on top of that uh, called Goku. That uh, if you if you look at the the JSON format for Carabiner, it's a it's a pretty, um, pretty dense uh, and kind of kind of difficult to to manage manually. Uh, but Goku is a layer on top of that that it just provides a much easier, more terse syntax for uh, for defining your key remappings, and then it compiles down into JSON. And then there is also uh, a tool called Hammerspoon. It's a Mac automation tool written in Lua, and uh, it's it's really where uh, so so we go, going back to Carabiner. So yeah. I'm using Carabiner. You could kind of think of it uh, since it, it's remapping the keys. It's like um, sending a request, basically of you know here's here's what I want to here's the action I want to take. And then Hammerspoon is listening to that action and it's set up. Hammerspoon will recognize your context. So that's where we get into, you know, going back to that um, command P uh, example with Sublime and, um, and Slack. Yeah. Uh, Hammerspoon will hear that, that command P basically. And it, it will say, oh, I, I'm, if Slack is the current app, and let's convert that into a command K. Okay. So, uh, and then finally, there is a, a tool that I've written called Hyperspoon. Okay. And that uh, is... Now we're getting really advanced. Uh, You've gone from like, <laughs> I'm taking stuff that's off the shelf to, nah, it's time to, it's time to write my own. Yeah. So Hyperspoon is, um, it's a, Tool that that I've written that is um, it's it's really inspired by how Laravel defines routes. So if you think about a, a Laravel route, the, the syntax there's like route colon colon get, and then uh, the then you put in your um, 
the the path. Uh, so say like slash login. Yeah. And then you've got like your controller and and the method. Um, so Hyperspoon is written in in that similar type of syntax uh, where it says hyper colon app and you put in um, the first parameter there is your your app that you're contextualizing the shortcut in and then uh, then you say colon action and you put in the type of action that you're doing so thinking about that quick open palette um, yep. the, the action would be open and then within then the next parameter after that would be a Lua table, which you can think of kind of like an array okay. or a, a, like a JSON object. Uh, and it's a table of mappings. Yep, Makes And sense. So, so it's, you know, within that open action, what are the, the types of things that you might open, which we'll get into more later. But the whole purpose of Hyperspoon is really to, um, to remove some of the extra uh, repetitive things in in Hammerspoon and just get down to simplifying this idea of having a system where you have one shortcut that responds differently in different apps. Okay, I think that makes sense. So why, at least to me, I'm not a dev, so, uh, I, but I think I got it. Why hype, why call it Hyperspoon? Yeah, so so hyper is kind of its own concept. And, okay, tell me uh, more. <laughs> yeah, so um, a, a few years ago, I uh, I was on a project with Jose and uh, Jose Soto, formerly of Titan, um, and he he was doing this thing with Carabiner where he was using the the he was defining the caps lock key as an escape key. Mm, okay. Uh, so, you know, it's just a lot more convenient than reaching uh, all the way up to escape. He probably and, had, he did he have also, an old touch yeah. bar? Is that was the problem? He didn't have an escape key? Uh, probably <laughs> so, yeah. Um, and he was also using it as a modifier where mm. if you held down uh, caps lock, then he would, he would use the Vim um, directional keys the h j k and l directional keys so like saying holding down caps lock and j would go down traditionally in vim j is down k is up um h is left l is right okay so he would he would use caps lock to be able to turn those keys into arrow keys basically in any app okay and that kind of got me interested in that whole concept and I was reading and, and stumbled upon the idea of the caps lock key as uh, what's called a hyper key, which is basically overriding a key uh, to where it that hit, holding down that one key converts it into um, like holding down command, option, control, and shift at the same time. So basically, like a keyboard shortcut that no app developer would ever build into <laughs> into their app because no one's going to use that shortcut. And the purpose of that is to eliminate these these conflicts because when you start getting into overriding shortcuts, you 
you know, you can easily conflict with shortcuts that are already built uh, into other apps. Um, so, so the whole purpose of Hyper is to avoid those potential conflicts. And uh, as as I started really you know, developing the system of contextualizing these keyboard shortcuts, it really turned into using the caps lock key and other quote unquote hyper keys uh, to, to be able to trigger these actions in Hammerspoon. So it's uh, in my system, it's no longer directly uh, converting the caps lock into you know, command option shift control. Uh, but it's just it's using that as a modifier to call an action in Hammerspoon. Mm. But that's really the the origins of Hyperspoon. Okay. It, it's it's kind of a, a callback to the concept of Hyper as a, a modifier. Okay, so if I'm a dev and I'm listening to this, and I'm kind of intrigued, but maybe I need a little bit more to push me into the world of training my keyboard. Do you have a go-to example for like something that has like some thing that you have done with this system that has really like made a big, made a big difference for you or just made something that's super annoying, much easier? Sure. Yeah. I'll, I'll use a simple example first. Um, the, so at, like a few apps that a developer is typically going to have open on your computer is say a, a text editor, probably your browser, um, maybe a, a chat app like Slack or Discord, and a notes app. Let's let's use those as an example. So one common interaction that you would make with your browser is navigating back to the previous page. Yeah. Um, maybe less frequently navigating forward, but but you would do that sometimes as well. Um, and you know, the browser has the back and forward buttons there in the UI in the top left. You, you also can do it with, um, you know, the, the, the mouse or the, the touchpad, yeah. uh, you know, but that, that can be a little annoying as well, but there are shortcuts for those. Um, in Chrome, I, I think it is command left square bracket for back, right square bracket for forward. And, uh, but these other apps, say say Slack, going back to the Slack example, yeah. Slack can go backwards and forward as well. And I, I think they're the same shortcuts. Uh, command uh, left bracket for back, right bracket for forward. Um, and notes apps can do that as well. Now, depending on the, the notes app there, sometimes the shortcuts are different. There's, as an aside, there there's, seems to be like a little battle going on between the right and left square brackets and the arrow keys. Uh, like yeah. some apps I'll see it's like command shift right arrow and left arrow. I, I was just going to say, I didn't even know in Slack that uh, the brackets worked because I use command left arrow, right arrow. So there you go. Oh, did you override that? No, that's just how it works. Oh really? Yeah. Oh, maybe they support both. I didn't even know that. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, at, that's at, but as you say, right? Different apps do different things. Yeah, but on on Slack though, like this is something that like I I've I've seen people type in um, you know in Slack itself and on Twitter like oh how how do you go back and you know that that's like 
that's a shortcut that that people forget. But if you get used to using it in the browser, going back and forward, um, then that starts to carry over into other apps. And so, so going back to the idea of using caps lock as a modifier yeah. uh, with with this hyperspoon tool, um, I the way I have mine set up is uh, it's caps lock H to go back. Okay. And so remember H in, yeah, in Vim, Vim, this is kind of Vim. inspired by Vim yeah. that would go left. It's like left arrow in Vim. So cap, caps lock H goes back, caps lock L goes forward. And so that's something that I have that same keyboard shortcut to go back and forward, whether I'm in the browser or in Slack. So I, I can be in a channel in Slack and get a message and you know open the quick palette to uh, respond to that message and then go back, uh, right back to where I was. Yeah. And it's just really simple. Um, now in a text editor, this is where uh, I, I start to rely a little bit on a more abstract idea of what going forward is. So uh, most text editors have um, a, a go to definition functionality. Uh, it's typically like if you're on a, a function that you're calling, something like that, like you can hold down shift and click on that function and it will take you to that definition. Um, and that, but that's you know, typically there are keyboard shortcuts for that as well. So I, I think about that interaction yeah. with my text editor as going forward. Okay. So it's not in the same way as a browser, like going forward through the history state of the browser, but it's going, it's jumping forward to that function definition. And so that's something I'll frequently do. Like in, in Laravel, maybe I'm on um, uh, has many through method and I can't remember the order of the parameters. I'll just use caps lock L to jump to that definition, mm. look at the parameters, use caps lock H to jump right back to where I was. And that like abstractly, that feels like the same exact experience as I have in the browser or in Slack, sure. jumping forward and backwards. So yeah, so that's that's navigation. Right. A just a, a little bit more of to a, a little more of a complicated example to expand on this idea yeah. of using other keys as hyper keys. Um, I have, you know, so we started off with the quick open palettes with Slack and, um, uh, and, and sublime. So I have, you know, as I've gotten used to using the caps lock key, I have switched over to using um, caps lock plus O as like my what I'm calling like my default way of you know of, of opening things, okay. and so and that that O has really it's it's taken on the meaning in, in my system of open, and I. Over time, I started making other shortcuts so that that will open a specific thing and like jump right to that thing. So, for example, and let's go back to Slack again. You know, I 
I, I can I can do caps lock O, get the quick open palette, and type in the channel that I want to open. Right. But let's think about going to the general channel. Yeah, I that's a channel that I'll go to many times sure. <laughs> throughout a day. Yeah. And I don't want it it kind of like starts to create this friction, this annoyance of like, okay, it, I now like over and over I'm I'm saying caps lock O and then typing G E N and then enter. Um and so I at, at some point I flipped this shortcut around and used O, the O key as a modifier. So this is all set up in Carabiner and Hammerspoon using the O key as a modifier and then the G key as like the target that I want to go to. And so to go back to the general channel, I just hit OG and whatever other channel I'm in, that immediately takes me back to the general channel. Okay. And I do similar things in uh, other apps, like in, in Sublime, I, I can say OR and that will open uh, a repository. It will give me a little search menu to, uh, to type in a repository I want to open. And uh, text editors typically will have a way to search through symbols or functions uh, on a page. So I, uh, in, in, in my editor in Sublime, I'll, I have a shortcut that's OF that it will give me a palette where I can search, a, a, say, a function name in a PHP file, and it will jump right to that function name. But that OF is one where, here, here's a case where I'll rely a little bit on the, the abstraction uh, again. In Obsidian, uh, which is a, uh, a notes-taking app, uh, it, it it uh, allows you to put in um, markdown headers, okay. uh, so you can have you know one or more pound signs, um, you know if you know the markdown syntax. And I use that same shortcut. I, I have it set up where I can type that same OF, and it it pops up a menu where I can search the markdown headers mm. on the current file that I have open and jump to that header item. And so that's a case where I lose a little bit of the mnemonic association of, you know, in Sublime, like F is associated with function, yeah. but abstractly, it feels like I'm doing the same thing. Right. And you, you, I mean, there's always context switching, but you're sort of maybe, I don't want to say eliminating it, but you are maybe slightly lessening it because it's no longer like when I jump, when I switch, because sometimes, you know, context switching isn't just switching between projects or tasks. Sometimes it's like, okay, I got to go over here. I got to remember, oh, uh, what do I do? Oh, wait, wait, I'm just, I'm flipping back and forth between Slack and mail and then I'm jumping. Maybe I got to go get something, you know, you like, you got to get something for, a, you know, a client has sent you an email, which hopefully we try to keep to a minimum at Titan. We do it all in Slack, right? But like, <laughs> oh, I sent it to your email. Great. So you're jumping from Slack. Now you're jumping to your email. Now you're grabbing this. Now maybe back to Slack and then maybe back to your, to your, to your editor. You know, it, it's kind of, you know, if you're trying to fly around, it's kind of a pain, mm -hmm. right? I mean, or you could just use the mouse, but as you're saying, like the whole point is these are your tools and you're using them day in and day out. Make them work for you, right? Yeah. Have it so that you can just do the same thing and you know what you're doing and you're not trying to remember, oh, in this app, how do I do the same thing? I get it. 
it's a powerful concept. Yeah. You know, and when you, another benefit to this as well, um, to defining these shortcuts in, in this way, yeah. when just early on, when you're learning how to type, you learn about the concept of, or, or the value of keeping your fingers on the home row keys. Right. They, that, that's pretty oh, they, thing, but they definitely taught us that for sure. <laughs> and uh, but something that annoys me about a lot of the, the traditional shortcut modifiers is that often they kind of force you to take your your fingers off of the home row keys to hit those shortcuts. You know, if, if you if it's like command shift option, something like you're kind of twisting your hand uh, in a way that you lose that position. But if if you're using caps lock as a modifier or O as a modifier or you know something like that, like you're you're always within reach of those um, those home row keys, and it it just like it just keeps you in that uh, efficient position. So. Here's a here's a question. How do you decide what you should customize, right? Because I, I could see you know someone getting really into this, but next thing you know, they're either they either are looking at this and going, "Well, this isn't important enough to customize," and so they don't use it, or they go the other way and they're like, "Oh, well, I got to spend the next week. I got I'm taking this whole weekend. It's you know, shut the blinds, turn off. <laughs> Sorry, everybody. I gotta I gotta customize every command possible." How, how do you know, how do you decide personally? And this doesn't apply to everybody, but how do you decide what needs a shortcut? Yeah. So for me, I, and I, I I hinted at this, I guess, with the you know going to the general channel, like yeah. jumping to that. Uh, so for me, there, there's a direct correlation between the frequency that I perform an action the number of steps that that action requires and the, ex the the friction that i'm experiencing when i when i perform that action so in, in that slack general channel like if i'm if i'm jumping to the general channel uh, you know 20 30 times a day yeah, <laughs> or yeah, something yeah. Like it's it's annoying to me to to open that palette and always type G E N. Uh, I I want a shortcut that goes directly to that. Right. But if there's a different channel that I'm going to, you know, just once or twice a day, well, who cares? Like I can right. just open the palette and start typing the name and hit enter. And so that it's a similar feeling. Uh, with other apps, it, it, it's I think about the the frequency, you know, like what are the shortcuts that like I need closest to me because I use them so often. So, in uh, in, in my editor, one the the first one that comes to mind really uh, is running tests. Um, I in in Sublime I have it set up where uh, I have the the period key as as a, a hyper key that i think of as a, an execute action okay and so i i i'll i have um period plus t as a shortcut that i can use to run the current test that i'm on and and then if i jump around to some other file i have period plus r as something that i can it, it will rerun yeah 
the the most recent test. So that's something I'm doing just constantly all throughout the day. Like I, it's it's not enough to uh, to just be able to open up a palette and type like run you know run this test. Right. You know I want that as as <laughs> like as close to almost like thinking it, <laughs> you know, I, I can't think it and have it happen, but like, what are the fewest steps that I can possibly take beyond just thinking it? And, and to me, uh, period plus T to run the test. It's like, it's as instant right. as it can get. Right, right. So there's a bit of a, so I, I let friction really like that's my, my guiding factor. Um, how, how much friction am I experiencing? And, you know, so I'm kind of scratching my own itch when I make these shortcuts. Uh, yeah, I mean, and that's true of any kind of sort of optimization, right? Once you, I'm sure this is true for every dev, but once you realize, oh, I can make a computer or I can make something do this, all of a sudden you're like, oh, well, I should automate all these things. What's well, like, all right, well, you know, As, I think there's an XKCD comic about like how like only automate if it takes this long to automate, you should only do it if it saves you X amount of time or, or, or something like that. But, um, mm. okay. So we've talked about what training your keyboard, kind of what that means to you. Uh, we've talked a bit about some of the software behind it, some of the reasons you do it, some of the things you can do. How do people, if I'm like, let's say someone wants to sort of learn more, like where, where do they go? Do we have an, do we have a, 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 a wonderful, uh, central location for people to go to? Yeah, we're working. We're working on it. So, <laughs> so tell us about the website. Yeah. Well, before I jump yeah, into the yeah, website, yeah. I, I think it's it's worth noting uh, it it will probably be um, published by the time this this podcast airs. I think that's, uh, that's there, the there's plan. There's a, yeah. a blog post. Yeah, yeah. We got a blog <laughs> there's, post. There's coming. a blog post that that should be out uh, called "How to Train Your Keyboard," and that that's the first place okay. that uh, I. I would hope that people will look because it, it really outlines uh, the all of the steps of installing these tools, and it gives a lot of examples, a, a lot more examples. You know, it's kind of it can be a little difficult to to talk about these, right. these things on a podcast, right, right, right. but the the blog post walks through a lot of these examples, and really it, it goes into the idea of creating your own system. Uh, so, so you can even see during these examples, um, today where I'm kind of grouping these like actions, yeah. like these open actions and execute and navigation, those types of things, you know, the blog post goes over a lot of that stuff. So I'll definitely so, link to that, uh, in the show notes. So if you're listening to this, you'll find a link to this blog post, uh, in the show notes, we'll make sure that they're timed so that the blog post comes out. Cause it really is like, it's. It's it's true. Um, you know, the website will be will be cool when we when we talk about it. But if you're talking like nuts and bolts, you want to get started, yeah, it's it's great to like talk about it. But as Andrew said, like this is definitely the kind of thing where reading, seeing visual, like this is all very, very helpful. So that that's a good point. Thank you. Yeah, and so so back to the website, yeah. we're 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 working on the idea of uh like I said earlier, kind of um, eliminating the barrier of entry. Um, it, it's I, I'm not the first person in the world to come up with the idea of um, you know customizing keyboard shortcuts, uh, but 
you know, you'll, you'll see, I mean, there, there are plenty of excellent blog posts out there of people um, doing these types of things. Um, but we're, we're trying to make it so just the setup is, is easier. So, you know, people have less of a reason to, to not do this. Yeah. Um, and so that, so that's, that's uh, the first goal of the website is really to just have a place for resources. Yeah. Uh, but it's also, uh, I, we, we want a place for people to be able to share what they're doing yeah. and get inspired. So all of these shortcuts that, that I have mentioned, they're, they're part of my own personal system. It, it's, uh, it, they're purposefully opinionated. Yeah. It's kind of how my my brain works in regards to just how I use my keyboard and what's intuitive to me. Um, but what's intuitive to me isn't necessarily uh, intuitive to uh, other people. But it's it's fun to 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 get inspiration sure. from how other people are doing things. And and I I like the idea of just people having their own systems and just having a way to to share them and visualize them and you know just get inspired by one another yeah and that goes back to what we what you were talking about i think when we you know earlier in the in the episode which is that you know uh developers are often an opinionated bunch and uh the developers of slack decided on one set of keyboard shortcuts and the developers of chrome have decided on keyboard shortcuts and there are definitely influential apps that have like sort of inspired lots of apps to have similar keyboard shortcuts right i feel like gmail was was somewhat, in, you know, mm -hmm. uh, uh, sort of a not a trailblazer, but definitely popularized certain keyboard shortcuts just for even navigating within a you know sort of a list and some of those common keyboard shortcuts that lots of I think email apps and other apps kind of emulate. But you know, if you're an opinionated dev who you kind of wish that certain apps worked a certain way, like that's that's kind of the whole point of this, right? Is like, yep, it's it's almost sort of saying, yeah, like Andrew's going to be opinionated. People at Titan are going to be opinionated. You listen to the show, you're going to be opinionated. And this gives you the power to be opinionated, basically. You don't have to be you don't have to be boxed in by someone else's opinion, at least for keyboard shortcuts. There's right. lots of other cases where you might be. <laughs> yeah. And, and once you uh, once you have your own system set up and, and you have kind of these these groups of of actions, uh, you know, you you start to you start to, to translate those more across apps, and uh, so recently I've been um, using the uh, Obsidian uh, note taking app, mm. and you know, one of the first things I did with it, or just like I'm 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 mapping over my keyboard shortcuts. Like, okay, where is the quick open palette? How do I go forward and backwards? How do I open specific notes that I want to open frequently? And uh, as I'm learning what Obsidian uses for these shortcuts, I'm just putting those straight into my config in, in Hammerspoon. Yeah. And it, it just, it works the way that I've, all my other apps work. Yeah. So outside of this podcast, which hopefully people enjoy, and outside of your blog post, like if someone wanted to learn even more, like dive even deeper into this this world of training their keyboard. Are there any other resources that you kind of check out or that you link to that you you'd like to learn more that you think people should go to in order to learn more? Yeah, so I, I would I would first just search for um, for people's dot files oh, yeah. uh, on on GitHub just to see 
what other people are doing. Uh, in, in the blog post, uh, I, I have referenced um, Jose Soto's uh, dot .files, uh, as well as Nathan Morgan uh, now of Titan. He's been doing this stuff for a while, so his dot .files on there, and as well as my own. So, so that's the first thing is just looking at uh, the, the dot .files and config of, of other people who are doing this type of thing. Um, and second, uh, I think it's worth reading the, the Hammerspoon documentation. Their documentation is uh, it's really good. And Hyperspoon uh, is, you know, it's, this, it's the layer on top of it uh, that makes these keyboard shortcut mappings easier. But there's a lot more that, that you can do uh, outside of what Hyperspoon gives you. Yeah. And so I, I, I think it's worth reading this ha the Hammerspoon docs to just get some inspiration. Uh, and finally, as well, uh, we, we do have a, a Twitter uh, account. Uh, it's TrainYourKB. Mm. And uh, so we're, we're going to start posting on that and, um, you know, just see kind of what what interest there is in the community yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, around this and um what people are doing so you know you can always tweet at us there as well if if anyone has any questions well that i mean that sounds that sounds great uh andrew is there anything about training your keyboard that we didn't get to talk about today or that i didn't ask about that you really want to make sure people know yeah i i would just say i you know, obviously, I think this is very valuable for people using a computer. Yeah. I, you know, I, I think if you're a technical person working on a computer for a living, you, you, can, you can get value from having a, a system like this. And I, I would encourage people to, you know, start with, you know, just very basic shortcuts. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, even if you don't get into like, you know, using the semicolon or whatever or the period as a as a modifier you know you, you can kind of you can start small and you can build up uh, your own system from there um but I, I i would also encourage people to just really experiment with their own muscle memory and like what feels uh intuitive like i i have multiple shortcuts that i have like switched back and forth uh, a number of times until I just really landed on what felt intuitive yeah. to me, and so it just it goes back in in the to, to the idea of like I'm not I'm not really training my own muscle memory as much as I'm trying to discover what feel what like what already feels natural to me. I'm trying to find the most natural way of using keyboard shortcuts to me, and then training my keyboard to respond to those shortcuts well all right uh andrew thank you so much this is uh it's been honestly just fascinating for me to learn about hopefully everybody who's listening also uh, enjoyed uh andrew if people want to find you on twitter or online is there a particular place they should go uh sure my own twitter account is andrew morgan three so you can ask me any questions there and uh once again uh train your kb uh that that will be a Twitter account we're using for just specifically for this uh, keyboard training type of content. Awesome. Well, Andrew, thank you so much for joining again. Really appreciate it. It was great to have you back on the show. Thank you. Yeah, thanks.